Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is right. It is the power hour. Even though we did extend into the power hour that last segment. (laughs) This is it. This is the real start of the power hour in earnest. We're going to get back on track here, but you know, I, I just I wanted to present that because I thought it was a very intriguing argument, Wolf. Uh, I agree with you. You know, you know this is normally because this is at lull time, right? And, and the football calendar, um, this is the week between uh, conference championships and the Super Bowl. So, you know, if there is any news, it's going to come more so on the business side, the clerical side, right? This is coaching hire season. And, you know, with Mike McDonald now being – uh, the new head coach being announced as the new head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, it leaves us with one more coaching vacancy right. in the Washington Commanders. And Adam Peters is charged with that responsibility of spearheading that for, for Josh Harris and trying to come up with the right fit to lead the Commanders moving forward. And, you know, and even for a lot of these other um, new coaching hires, there's still staffs that need to be filled out, right? Because you know, you think of Brian Callahan, who's now the Tennessee Titans head coach. He's got to, he's got to go make a staff. They don't have anybody signed. They, they they know who the head man is, right? But now you have to go get that said support of said man, and so it's going to be very interesting. Who do you retain from that current team, and who do you have to who do who do you need to you know go after and poach what positions or vet those positions because you have a lot of teams doing the same thing and who would have thought the green bay packers would have jumped their hat into this but they have they've got a new defensive coordinator so now you have to say okay with a new defensive coordinator comes new defensive staff just like the steelers are going through with arthur smith um so it's, it's a very intriguing time and kind of knowing that information that we do that jeff halfley sitting active head coach in college football got poached by Matt LaFleur to come be his defensive coordinator. What does that open up for other coaches? Yeah. To go, to go search. And again, Max, maybe I'm sorry. Think, think again of the, the, and I wish I could remember who said it, but the guy said, don't be surprised if you got coaches jumping from the college ranks to quality control. Now, you know what quality control is. That's doing all the yeah. the, the, the the dirtiest that's deeds. The cards I mean, guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, that's you're, the cards you're, guy. That's the advanced scouting. Yeah, that's yeah. compiling hours upon hours of advanced scouting and stuff like. That. I mean, it's doing it's doing all the greasy work, right? And you got college coaches that would be willing to do that just to get back to coaching what they love best, which is football. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. 
this is what I think about when you're, you know, when when when, when you're when you're looking at how you build out a team. And I mean, this is how a lot of guys get their start, right? This is a GA type position in the NFL, is what quality control is, right? Um, but yet, you know, you're going to pay it a little bit more. You get a little bit of a bump versus a college GA because normally that's like credits and you can take classes for free or something in college. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the fact that you that's would That's what take, I did do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, I, when I was able to yeah. find the class. I mean, when you did find a classroom, it was like- I had issues. I had issues. They were problems. You know when I was- They were like, you're like, Wolf, where are you at in second hour? Oh, there's a second hour? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? One, one thing I never missed was, you know, the, uh, the dinner on, uh, on seafood night. When there was like shrimp, you know they had all the peel oh, and eat shrimp and you the could have. Hall? Oh yeah, in the oh, dining yeah. hall. Oh, I would be there a half hour before it got started, man, and I'd be just be killing that shrimp. That oh that yeah. was I was like a killer whale, you know, going I through mean, and sifting the, out the, shrimp. The, the way that you could have gotten Wolf to get his degree would have been <laughs> to have all classes in the lunchroom. <laughs> I knew and where the lunchroom was. The, yeah, exactly. Theme chemistry for breakfast. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. English food menu, 101. <laughs> <laughs> Done deal. No problem. Exactly. No. But, but yeah, I mean, but it is an intriguing factor. And, it, you know, it always takes that one to get the snowball rolling, mm -hmm. right? Right. I mean, this isn't like Matt Rule a couple of years ago where you post him from Baylor and it was going head coach for head coaching job, right? It was, it was the no. big jump. Or even back in my day. When uh, Coach Steve Spurrier mm -hmm. uh, left Florida and went to Washington. Right. Max Starks, Florida Gators. Yep. That's right. Never forget that. Um, <laughs> or Jed Fish, who also comes from the greatest university. Um, we got to get is. one of those. He uh, goes, Craig Wolfley, I'm an orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Craig, Wol Craig Wolfley, still orange. <laughs> still orange. <laughs> Craig Wolfley, 12 credits from graduation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig Wolfley, exactly. I attended. Yeah. Certificate of attendance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Craig Wolfley, still present. Yeah. I'd be like Rodney still Dangerfield back to school. Exactly. Still an undergrad, guys. Peace your eyes on this. Oh, oh Van so Wilder bad. of football. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh but my god! You know, you know, Wes raised a really good point when we were talking earlier too about the depletion in the ranks of college. What that means to some of the, these young guys coming up through, and you know, some guys just need four years of getting it together. You know, some guys. Yeah. And 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 I understand. You know, the, for everybody that comes out of the portal doing something spectacular in the nil, you know, money. There's there's probably a hundred guys that ain't making nothing, you know, or they're just moving, trying yeah. to move. You know what I mean? And yeah, justified opportunity. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, you know, the thought of what the un again more of the unintended consequences of what can happen with this stuff if somebody doesn't put some sort of some rules around it. Where you know the thing about it is, guys, you talk about looking at uh, grass looks greener on the other side. You know the fence. Uh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's got to be like ginormous with this nil stuff. Well, yeah, because I mean, you look at guys or 
Guys are getting offered a million dollars to go man. somewhere. I think about Quinn Ewers, right, the quarterback for Texas. Okay. He got a million dollars from Ohio State, didn't play a single snap, and left for Texas. That million dollars gone. 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 That's, Quit passing in a hurry. What can they do to, to rectify this situation? I mean, it's not like you can put the genie back in the bottle now. <clears throat> no, but you can't create safeguards. Contracts. You know, you could do Personal contracts. Personal contracts. Yeah, and you could cap them. You could cap the school as far as how much the most, uh, you know, a single individual player can make on a team. Like, you could do those things to kind of balance it out and make it standardized throughout the conference. If not, you know, all of the leagues, of course, trying to get all these individual commissioners to agree is uh, I think you'd have a better job of drawing up a peace treaty. Well, um, but are yeah, we not that, turning that, into that, Major League Baseball? In a way. I mean, yeah. think about I it. I mean, we college are, football's are, kind, of, kind of always been like that, right? I mean, Alabama has always spent more on football than Syracuse, even before the NI. They just did it through facilities. and Just it, you a couple know. bucks. So there, there's yeah. there's always been Equipment, baseball. Like, amenities. It's, yeah. There's always been the Yankees and the Pirates, right? Yeah. Um, I think the big difference, though, is that the Yankees couldn't after one year go, oh, hey, that guy from all those guys on the Pirates are free agents. Let's go take Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, we could pay him more than the Pirates can, and he's on a year-to-year contract. Let's go get him. You know, yeah. um, that's that's where it's it's starting to really affect some of these programs that aren't in that kind of, you know, top that's 15, top 20, it upper crust. Major League Baseball, you, you know, know, the haves and the yeah. haves. Yeah. Yes. A lot of ways. A lot of ways it, it is. It, yeah, it's the minor league farm system for a bigger league, and that's why, you know, <laughs> you really need a UFL to work out, right? Oh, um, that's true, yes. Because you want to have that true spring league. You want to have that true um, opportunity to to actually train those guys because like you said you're not going to get that training in college now and also in college there's there there's also the limitation of 20 hours right a week you that the coach can actually be face to face and touch these guys to even be coach so you you throw on constrained time limits because they're student athletes right and then you throw on now nil transfer portal now, you, instead of recruiting just for one signing day, you're recruiting for four different signing days, two for the high school kids and two for the transfer kids. And, you know, you look at the Dion Sanders model, right, out of Colorado, and <clears throat> it's like, just give me, you know, it's almost like a reverse John Calipari, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, get, 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 give me a guy who's already been in college, knows everything, so I don't have to coach him on how to be, a student athlete, he's already got that part, so now I can just get to the nuts and bolts part of it. And I only got to keep him for a year or two before I have to turn him over. You know, So why take a young kid that you have to grow from the ground up? Right. Let me ask you this, and I, this is kind of stimulating a little more thought process here, but think about Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas was on, on yeah. TV doing sports, everything, right? The great Cleveland tackle, all right, Hall of Famer, everything else, and now he's going to coach an a offensive line in Germany? A league in Germany, yeah. like there's nobody in the NFL that wanted to hire him. Nobody in the UFL. Nobody in college. Maybe he just wanted good beer. Yeah. Um, okay. It's you know the, the pretzels, the world, yeah. little cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Little pretzels, do a little spaten. Yeah. Everybody lager. knows Joe Thomas loves a little schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel. That's the one. Exactly. While wearing his lederhosen. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine Joe Thomas and Lederhosen? I couldn't. You know, no. I, could, I could actually picture him. And, and, the, and the little pointed gnome cap, I could see that. Oh, my heavens. I can see that. 
or the Peter Pan hat. I'm not sure what that hat is. It's the green. Schnitzel. I like the fold, schnitzel. Fold over. Yes. While eating, while eating schnitzels and strudels. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. We got to break because we got to bring the cool breeze in for one last time. Get hit in the face with a little blast. And I'm sure he's somewhere warm. And he is not enduring the cold. And you know what? Also, he's not getting those most tacos. So I'm happy about that. Um, but no, we'll be back. We're going to step aside. Jerry Dulac on the other side of this commercial break. You're inside the locker room here at Fox Sports Pittsburgh at SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're counting down to the end of the locker room's 2023's run, which is in 2024. But, of course, it would not be complete because, of course, we've got another day tomorrow. But we have, coming one last time, the cool breeze himself, Jerry Dulek, who is ensconced in parts unknown in Florida. And shall remain so as we bring him in for a final run here. Brought to you by Archie's, the best place on the south side to be able to get some wings and, and adult beverages and watch games and so forth. So make sure that you do go to Archie's and do it up with the wings there. But anyhow, Jerry, welcome to the locker room for one last final time from the 2023 season, my friend. Well, Wolf, I am thrilled to join you and Max and Sad at the same time. I'm only disappointed that it's not Friday and I am your final guest of the season. <laughs> but I'm glad to join you from the sunny climes of Florida where the temperature is 68 and blue skies. So oh. it's a little better, just a little better than there. But if Max is in Arizona, maybe he can talk me. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could say that it is not as uh, it's not as warm here. It's 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 at sixty one degrees right now. So you have us beat there um, by eight degrees. But I will say, I mean, my, my, my golf courses are com- as competitive as yours, even though you are in beautiful uh, what I like to call West Disney. Um, part of, part of, part of <laughs> right, I am. Uh... <laughs> I am in uh, Celebration, Florida, which adjoins uh, is Orlando, and uh, we're basically a couple stones throws or a couple three woods from uh, from Disney. So it's uh, beautiful. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely community. Are we teeing off today, Jer? You got uh, Wolf. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I will be uh, be here six days, and I for the first time in history will probably not pick up a golf course, a golf club, while I am in Florida. Oh, you're kidding time me! With my daughter. Spending time with my daughter, and um, so that supersedes everything else. So she, in other words, she won't drive you around on the golf cart. That's the problem, right? And that's that's <laughs> exactly right. Although she would love to, she would love to. <laughs> well, Jerry, one of the big things we want to talk about. There's a lot of lot of uh, voices being voiced over Arthur Smith, and is he going to be something that is going to galvanize this Steelers offense and? I just got to ask you, what's your thoughts on the hiring of Arthur Smith as the next offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, first of all, Wolf, I don't understand the negativity uh, and these people who were sniping uh, both people in the media and the fans. I mean, I don't know what they expect. I mean, I, I thought the hire was a tremendous hire. Yeah, You're talking I do. about a guy who has experience as a coordinator, 
when he was a coordinator. Uh, his offenses for two years with the Titans were exceptional, one of the best in the league in 2020. It's the reason he became a head coach. And, okay, he didn't have success as a head coach, but he had tremendous success as a coordinator. He wasn't hired to be a head coach. He was hired to be a coordinator. And we see examples of this all the time. There are coordinators who don't always become good head coaches, but then that that doesn't mean they're not good good coordinators, and they end up going back uh, to their coordinator position, and they excel. And the other thing, too, uh, the other reason I liked it is, to me, you can never have enough former head coaches on your staff. At one point, um, I think under Mike Tomlin, certainly uh, certainly under Bill Cowher, but I think under Mike Tomlin, he had four former head coaches on his staff at one uh, at one point, and that that only adds stability, knowledge, uh, experience, leadership um, to to your staff. And Mike Tomlin has a lot of young people on his staff, giving opportunities to a, a lot of guys who he feels are trying to make their mark in the NFL. He needs more guys who have experience coaching in the NFL. And he has one in Arthur Smith. So, um, you know, they're acting like this is a guy who's going to come in and it's going to be 80% run, 20% pass. That is not going to be the case. It's going to be as balanced as they can make it. And um, I I thought it was a tremendous hire. The other complaint I've heard from people, oh, they only interviewed three people. Why, what happened to this exhaustive search? Who said it had to be an exhaustive search? And who says that only be, because you only interviewed th- three people doesn't mean you got the right guy that you wanted? And when you talk to him, you know, you think, okay, you're blown away by this guy. We really like him. He could have been the guy they were targeting all along. And also, you don't want to keep waiting and just go through a list of candidates merely to go through a list of candidates and then risk losing you know, Arthur Smith, they wanted to interview Zach Robinson as well. That doesn't mean they were going to hire him, but he was on the list. He ended up uh, signing with the Falcons as their offensive coordinator. So you don't want to take that risk either. So this griping by people, to me, is, uh, you know, is not only not understandable, to me, it's they're being naive and totally unrealistic. And, and um, I have a few other words for it, but I'm not going to say it on the radio. I just don't, I just don't get it, Wolf. Well, I mean, it is one that, like I said, I mean, I was one of those initial people that was that was kind of questioning it, you know, at first because I was thinking about kind of that, the end of his time in Atlanta and the resources that they had that weren't utilized. And, you know, like, you know, and then as I started talking myself through the actual details and, and looking at the complexities of it, I started to feel a lot better about it, Jerry, just because, like you said, you know, you know, remember the Titans, so to speak. Not to take away from the uh, from the movie title, but that's what you're that's what you're going on. You're going to remember his time with the Titans as an OC and the things that he did with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, that offense, and really transforming it into being a formidable force while he was there. Uh, versus a head coaching split responsibility. You know, am I calling the plays? Am I not calling the plays? How much influence will I have? Versus, you know, how much time can I dedicate? You kind of eliminate all of those external factors. It really boils down to nuts and bolts coaching. Can the guy coach yes or no? And I say a resounding yes, he can. Uh, can and, he lead a and team? Max, not, not sold on that one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I hear this about the Atlanta complaint. And, 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 okay, I mean, he's also the head coach. His sole job is not to be the offensive coordinator. 
So it's not like that's all he has to worry about. But also, so they're talking about all this talent he had in Atlanta. Do you think the talent he had in Atlanta, do you think Desmond Ritter is better than Kenny Pickett? Now, I know Bijan Robinson could be a special talent. But you have two pretty good running backs here. In fact, one right. guy who's had three straight 1,000-yard seasons. And do you think their receivers are better than George Pickens or Pat Fryermuth or even uh, Deontay Johnson? I think the talent he is inheriting here is better than what he had in Atlanta. And he also had young guys. You know, young guys don't obviously just come in right away and, and make it big. Um, so, look, I'm not dismissing uh, you know, that what, whatever disappointments people thought that he had in Atlanta in terms of utilizing their talent. But he has an opportunity here. He has the entire offense back, the entire offense. Where else are you going to go where you're going to have everybody back on offense? And, he had, and it's a young offense. And so I, I think there's great opportunity for him here. And, uh, you know, I had a chance. I talked to Mike Malarkey. I talked to Ken Wisenhunt. Guys who he who coached over him with right. him, and they have nothing but high praise uh, for Arthur Smith. And I'm not going to sit here and just damn the selection because on paper, because of what are some perceived uh, disappointments in Atlanta. I think when you look at what Mike Tomlin wanted to do, based on what he has had the past two coordinators and what he said he wanted a coordinator with experience. Why is anybody surprised and or disappointed that they hired Arthur Smith? Because he checks exactly the bo- the box exactly what Mike Tomlin said he wanted. I agree with you. You know, I I, I really I, I like the, the get from the get go. I, I love the fact that they picked him because you look at his record, and I'm not talking about the the one loss record. I'm talking about 12 personnel. All right, I've always Max and I we've discussed this a long time about you got to go heavier personnel, not just the 11 which is one of the least amount of formations and personnel packages that he uses. But you go 12 personnel. How about some running back? Uh, well, you know, we got the, a little fullback-driven offenses. I've always been in favor of that. I'd love to see Connor Hayward get on the squat rack and, and, and you know, put 500 pounds on his back and go up and down and get some big keisters there and be able to lead uh, lead iso block, you know. How about the uh, tight end position? You know, you, you, you feature the tight end. They had a lot of targets in Atlanta towards the tight end. I think that's what you got to do with Pat Fryermuth. You got to give him more targets, and then you've got the ability of guys running slant routes, which is great when you run, you know, under center. When you have the play action, that's where you want to attack. I mean, everything that that we talked about, like Max, you know, we were talking about being more under center and that instead of just shotgun. So Jerry, I agree with you. There's a lot of the offense that I love that Arthur Smith runs. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you, Wolf. And, um, you know, I just think it's um, – I, I think people think that, oh, you know, let's go get, you know, a Kyle Shanahan disciple or, you know, Zach Robinson, a Sean McVay disciple, you know, guys who have never run an offense before. And I'm not discrediting them. And I know they want someone to come in and who's going to have one of these wide-open offenses. Well, let me tell you, Arthur Smith kind of ran that – uh, you know, I know they had Derrick Henry, and I know he leaned on him. But Ryan Tannehill, his his career was transformed. When he came to uh, Tennessee, it was Arthur Smith's first year as a coordinator. And in those two years he was there, Ryan Tannehill flourished. It was the best two years of his career. Yes. He resuscitated his career in um, in Tennessee. And he'd had, I think, what, five or six years in Miami. So, I mean, he should be a, a boon for Kenny Pickett. And if, if Kenny Pickett is to evolve, 
and be the quarterback maybe they are hoping him to be, uh, you know, that's going to be up to Kenny Pickett and what his talent level is. But, I mean, that's what Arthur Smith does. You know, he had 30 points something uh, a game, points per game in Tennessee. How can you argue with that when they're averaging 18 and 19 points here the previous three seasons? And so I, I just think for the way the Steelers are built, you know, this guy, you know, Mike Malarkey was telling me, he said this guy is he's about physicality up front. He wants to pound and, and beat the pulp, to use his words, out of the other guy. But, again, they're going to utilize the, the, um, the talents that they have at receiver and, you know, with, their, with a young quarterback. And so I, I just um, – I have no problem with it. Sure, we're going to find out how it works, but there's no guarantee if they would have hired one of the other guys, uh, one of these young guys who has never been a coordinator. There's no guarantee that was going to work either. But I think of the possibilities that were out there. When they interviewed Arthur Smith, I told one of my colleagues, I said, that's who they will hire. And sure enough, that's who they hired because he checks all the boxes as experience uh, in the position and with the success he had in that position. Well, and, um, you know, Jerry, I I think as I kind of like to postulate, right, when we're talking about just kind of the future, because obviously there's still a lot of, a lot of ways to go, right? We still have to figure out what's the rest of the staff look like. You know, we talked about, you know, the potential if Mike Munchak, who, you know, has been on hiatus the last two years, if he wants to come back to coaching, is there a possibility to bring him in with Arthur Smith on this offensive side of the ball and the staff? And, you know, we still have, you know, combine, pre-draft workouts. There's senior bowls going on right now. Um, Just how crazy, you know, is this process this time of the year? Because, you know, the Steelers, you know, lock in the OC, but when it comes to staff building and everything else, that's still another headache or trial you have to kind of get over, right? Because everybody yeah. else is, is, is trying to get staffs as well. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't know. I don't think um, – I'm not sure that the Steelers are done changing their offensive staff. I will tell you this, Pat Meyer is coming back. Um, okay. And so as to the Mike Munchak thoughts that are out there, I will tell you that Mike Munchak was a possibility to come back as a backup if if Pat Meyer did not come back. They like Pat Meyer. They wanted yeah. him back. He serves as their run game coordinator unofficially. Maybe they'll give him a title. Maybe that's part of bringing him back. But Mike Munchak, I don't want to say he was in the conversation, but he was in the thought process if, if, they didn't re-sign uh, Pat Meyer. Like I said, they like Pat Meyer. They wanted to have him back. I have been told that Mike Sullivan, if he doesn't get a coordinator job, he's interviewed two places. I would imagine he would have gotten it by now if he was going to be hired. But I have been told that he will come back, that Mike Tomlin wants him to come back. And you know what? I get that because you're bringing in a new coordinator. The quarterbacks, the players, they love Mike Sullivan. He, ser- he will serve as the perfect buffer for this transition. So I think you'll see Mike Sullivan come back. There aren't many more moves offensively. As of right now, there are no openings. Now we'll see what happens with the receiver coach. We'll see what happens with the running back coach. But beyond that, I don't know that there's, that there's any, uh, you know, full-time positions. By full-time, you know, I mean the guy in charge of the position offensively. So it's not like Arthur Smith's going to come in and say, hey, I'd like this guy. He might recommend someone if, if there is an opening, but he's not going to come in and dictate 
who, you know, uh, take bring a couple of his guys along with him. It doesn't work that way with the Steelers. It, that's only going to happen if there's an opening and Mike Tomlin says, look, I like this guy, what do you – or if he recommends him, he goes, yeah, okay, I like him. But they're not just going to create openings for Arthur Smith. But that doesn't mean there still might not be a move or two. But as of right now, there aren't any spots available as far as I know. And so I don't think you're going to see um, – uh, I don't know that you're, so you're certainly not going to see uh, wholesale changes to the staff. And part of that, I think, fellas, is because of the way the season ended, the way the offense performed the last uh, uh, four games with Mason Rudolph. It, it showed that, that, you know, that the offense can at least resemble or look like an NFL offense. And I think that's prob- it probably, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it might have saved one or two jobs on that offensive staff. Well, I, I've long been a Pat Meyer fan. You know, the guy's got a good track record wherever he's been worked with. And developing young people, I think he does a great job and overall coordinates well. Look, I, I love the malarkey offense type of, of stuff when he was a coordinator. You know, Ton Chilkin, no used, he used to refer to it as smash mouth with a touch of effervescence. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's, that's the way it was. And I, I really look forward to more of a physical, confrontational you know, heavy jumbo lineup type of thing, moving the fullback in and out, what have you. Even, you know, I don't even know how he's going to begin attacking it. But, again, with the same sort of targeting of the the, the tight end, things that we're missing and under center more. I just think Kenny would flourish more with more under center. I, I That's just my own preference, you know, and thought process. But certainly I you think know, we'll, it has got – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, Mike Malarkey told me – he said, when I asked him, I says, what does he do well? What would you expect him to do? And, uh, and he said, it'll be multiple groupings, multiple formation, uh, lots of, lots of uh, motion. And, uh, and he said, the idea being to keep the, keep the defense guessing. And if they make a mistake, he said, he's going to make them pay for it. So, you know, you're not going to see some, some offense that just lines up, snaps the ball and goes straight ahead and tries to run the ball. Right. He's not that type of coach, nor was Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey, when he was a coordinator, to your point. And I think you'll see a lot of the same. Hey, this guy, this guy was hired by Mike Munchak as a quality control guy. Then when Munchak was fired and, and Ken Wisenhunt took over, he retained, um, he hired um, uh, Arthur Smith as an assistant tight ends coach. And then when Ken Wisenhunt was uh, fired uh, midway through this, his second season and Mike Malarkey took over, he promoted him to tight ends coach. And when Mike Malarkey got fired, uh, Mike Rabel kept him on the staff and moved him up to offensive coordinator. Obviously, four coaches fought a lot of this guy. Yeah. That When they took over, they didn't change the role. They kept advancing him. So obviously, this guy's pedigree and his proven track record as he moved forward speaks for itself and so i think too many people get caught up in thinking oh i want this type of coordinator instead of looking at the at the at the facts and and the resume of what this guy has been uh you know throughout his career and so people want to point to the falcons thing recently you know all failing with these guys do you really think desmond ritter is a big time quarterback no i do not do i like Bijan robinson yeah but you know what until you show me something is that is that his whose fault right, is that? Right. Uh, does, you know, yeah, I don't know. Is that the coordinator? or Is that the player? So 
anyway, my thing is, you know what, give them, give them a chance. Give them a chance. His track record certainly speaks for itself, and nobody should be surprised when you know what Mike Tomlin was looking for. Jerry, I want to thank you for being such a big part of the locker room of 2023. I appreciate you so much coming on here, brother. Yeah. Standing O. Yeah, there we go. For the cool breeze. That's right. We appreciate you, brother. You know it. Well, I know, boys, and you know, I always enjoy being with you. I can't wait for 2024 to come back in the locker room. I would just suggest that uh, you change the tiles and the soap in the locker room so we can, uh, when I do have to change, everything's okay. (laughs) Sounds like a deal. Yeah, yeah, we, we right, can adhere to OSHA standards well. in the locker room. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, stay well, and I will catch up with you soon. Thank you, Jerry. Enjoy, right, enjoy your Jerry. time in Florida. All right, we'll be back with the bell lap as Max takes over and takes us home on the final lap here. Well, we got one more day tomorrow. Sorry about that. I got a little overexcited, but we got one more of the bell lap coming up. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on Fox Sports Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, bell lap time here inside the locker room. That's right, it's your early lunch warning system provided by us, the (laughs) locker room. To let you know, it's close to time to, to feeding time. I love and that. And before we step aside for today, um, you know, I do want to say we will have a show tomorrow. Yes. In case anybody was wondering. And uh, it will be fun. This will be our final show tomorrow for the locker room. Looking forward to it. I'm going to see if I can pull Trey off of uh, the Cabo golf course tomorrow to, <laughs> to join us. Because he is in Mexico right now celebrating it his wife's birthday, oh, being good a good him. husband. And yeah. then I'll see him next week in Vegas. Um, he'll be there for work, so as so will I. So we will catch each other. But hopefully we can bring him in to the locker room. Uh, been, been, been a fun show, Wolf. I mean, very interesting as far as the topics we've covered today. Yes, it has been. Um, yeah, I mean, we hit food early. Yes. Uh, but more so I at hit my food. expense. You definitely hit food. I mean, I hit Tasmanian cherries, and they were delicious. Um, but they don't compare to a Bria, a Bria taco. Which are free uh, today, by the way. Yes, all free. Pittsburgh free for everybody in Pittsburgh. Yes. Hey, yeah. By the way, I didn't ask for it. Wesley's got this clip of, is that the Senior Bowl? Yeah, it's the Senior Bowl. It's Jordan Jefferson, an LSU defensive lineman with a, a offensive oh, lineman yeah. from uh, from UConn. The two of them get get a little chippy together. Yeah, matter of fact, the defensive guy pulled the helmet of the offensive, a la El, Lyle El Zato, pulling off the helmet of yeah. Chris Ward. You got He's pulling off the chucked helmet it, of this guy in a one-on-one. Yeah, he chucked it across the field. Miles I mean, Garrett's taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how, how about this? Try not to do anything that would get your helmet taken off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, granted, emotions run high. And listen, that that listen, one-on-one pass rush drill at the Senior Bowl, probably the most intense drill out there. I would imagine. Anything Of goes. all the events. Yeah, because I, I – and I remember my Senior Bowl experience. Oh, yeah? Where <clears throat> I was going up against Dave Ball. Went to UCLA. Uh, ended up playing for the Titans. And – Oh, I remember Dave him, Ball, yes. Was yeah. a, it was an NCAA sack leader that year. Mm. Uh, our year coming out, 
And I remember they're like, hey, Starks, you know, you're going to go up against Dave Ball at left tackle. All right, cool. Let's do it. Man, Dave Ball got up out of his stance and gave me his chest, and he was doing like this wiggle thing with his arms. Yeah. All I saw was chest. You just punched and it. I, oh, my God. I caved it in. I caved it in. He 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 did a backward somersault. Um, That's a then, nice moment. And then, I, and then I proceeded to tell him, this ain't the Pac-12. <laughs> Welcome to the SEC. Um, That's my world, buddy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You are you are you are you are in my territory. You are just a visitor. Make sure you wipe your feet off at the doormat by the front door. Take your shoes off when you walk through my house. I got, I got tiles. Uh, but but yeah, but that's that is um that that that's a very heated drill. I remember going against him. I remember going against Tommy Kelly. Um, went against Vince Wilfork. Ooh, uh, they had me moving all along when, the line. When he, when, when, he, <clears throat> when he was in college. He was the same meatball size that he is now. Wow. I mean, he was a big – because Vince and I came out the same year in high school too. And Vince was um, was, on, was on our Florida All-Star team. We had a Florida-Georgia All-Star game for high school. Oh. And Vince and I were on the same squad then. And he was a bowling ball. They only they – we were both so big, we were only allowed to go against each other in one-on-ones <laughs> during practice. We weren't wow. allowed to touch anybody else – um, Eric Moore was another guy. Uh, he was going to FSU, and uh, he ended up going to the league as well. But yeah, no, they were very specific. Like that, Max Wilfork, y'all, y'all are head to head. Get about four reps in, and you guys just chill after that. Um, so, so it's funny, but yeah, <clears throat> this is the moment. And, and, and you know, I actually had this question posed by your brother yesterday. Oh yeah, what's that? Is the Senior Bowl still significant? Hmm, that's an interesting point. I yeah, mean, it's it's not it's I, obviously not what it once was. No, because now they allow junior, so technically it's no even not even honoring his name as senior yeah. bowl. It's now the junior senior bowl. Um, but I said yes. How about the underclassmen he, bowl? <laughs> exactly, those who want to be in the NFL bowl. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but I pose I pose this to your brother in affirmation of it was this is an opportunity where scouts, coaches, personnel decision makers can literally make as close as they can to an apples-to-apples assessment true. of a player. That's true. Because say, you know, because we always hear about the big board that's always in the draft war room and, mm-hmm. you know, he was high on our list, best player available, right? We always hear that jargon. Well, this is an opportunity that when you're talking about players – that might be, you know, jumbled up in your top 10 or top 15. This gives you a little bit more clarity because of those seniors playing, and you're seeing good on good. And so it's really interesting. I think it's still a necessity. I see them change the name from Senior Bowl uh, to something else, Bowl. Those who under, enter the of, NFL. Because they're underclassmen. <laughs> yeah, because there's other, there's, there's other bowl games where underclassmen can go. They go to Collegiate Bowl. They go East West, uh, the blue gray isn't there anymore, is it? Blue gray is not. Yeah, blue gray is not. That's the one I went to. Um, that's the only one I went to. I think that's what the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl replaced that. Okay. With that. Yeah, I think they took over the spot as the number three. I and always want. The, I always wanted to go to the Poulin Weed Eater Bowl. 
Why? Because you just want to say Pule and Weed Eater? Well, I, I hear you get a great <laughs> weed eater, you know. <laughs> yeah, hey, the swag is unrivaled if, you, if, you're, if you're in the It's a little hard to go through the airport with one of those. Yeah, could you imagine? No, no, there's no gas in here. Don't worry. It's, it's not as much of a projectile as you think it is. <laughs> Don't mind me, sir. Don't mind Still waiting me. on my item to go through the x-ray machine. <laughs> Still scanning. Still, still scanning. scanning. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, boy. Could you see? Could you see uh, just imagine this. Imagine if, like, all of all of the college kids had to fly, like, commercial on the way back. <laughs> TSA would be seeing, like, 50 guys with weed eaters just yeah. standing in line with their tickets. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, 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 I mean, because as a TSA, it's just like, if I say no to one – there's like 49 other people that are going to roast me for this. But then if I say yes, it's like this is going to be the longest TSA conveyor belt session ever because we've got to, we've got also got to scan 50 weed eaters that these guys couldn't pack in their luggage. So how do we even get on this? Jesus. I don't know. One of the squirrels. Hula Bowl, another all-star game. I forgot about that one. The one I always, that's the one that I wished I could have played in. Who didn't want to go to Hawaii, yeah. right? Yeah, exact, exactly. I mean, that would have been a cool experience. Uh, I'm still waiting for the Pro Bowl to go back to Hawaii. I need oh, to yeah. build that stadium so we can move it back to its rightful location. Oh, because yeah. I feel because like the Pro Bowl games are coming up this weekend, and I'm like, eh. Does anybody you know care? Like, no. Eh, no. If you look no, on, I, I don't believe so. On the X on, uh, or the Twitter, whatever they call the thing, they've shown some, you know, like ni- the 1986, 87, 86, um, you know, Pro Bowl game, and and you see yeah. guys really competing. It's a game, and they're playing hard, man. You know, and it, yeah. Nowadays, nope, doesn't do it. Nope, nope, nope. Back when back when back when men were men, right? <laughs> the days of yore. Yes, I go shirtless and I eat red meat. The you days know? of yore. That, yeah, the days of yore. But yeah, it's like today, guys. They don't want to get hurt. They want to make sure their contracts in check and their endorsement deals. If they got to plug some product, we they're available to do that. And, I mean, honestly, it's like, why would I want to watch a football player not play football? Yeah. Essentially. What's the point? I just... And why do you have offensive linemen and defensive linemen? Yeah. It was a flag football game. Uh, but, you know, You're not gonna I guess be you doing need to fill out that obstacle outs. relay team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me get that obstacle relay team going. Oh, hey, who yeah. wants to be the fifth in dodgeball? Who wants to be the fifth in dodgeball, huh? Any takers? <laughs> Any takers? <laughs> Justin Tucker, you're a little ornery. Come on, jump in the dodgeball game. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, so, it, I mean, that's why it's like, if you want this week to really mean something for the Pro Bowl, put it after the Super Bowl. Let's just let – There you just, go. Because most of the people that you that you voted in as fans, guess what? They're not going to be available because they're usually on the top two teams playing the Super Bowl. And it was a cool honor – when you used to get called out if your team won the Super Bowl, you're called out last in the introductions. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So, so much for the all-star game that was. Um, now it's Pro Bowl skills events. But, uh, but yeah. Anywho, this has been a pleasure, Wolf. We have got to get going because we've ran over our time. But we will be back for one more finale. Same Black and Gold channel, same Black and Gold time. Tomorrow, inside the locker room with Craig Wolfley, Max Starks, Wesley Euler and company. Go make it a great day. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.